You know what this is, listeners? This is the point of no return. I've had it. I finally and completely had it. I'm taking you back to the apartment. I'm handcuffing you to a sink. I'm putting you on the first plane back to Newark for making us watch this godforsaken abomination of a movie. Tonight, we'll be talking about Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Pops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, folks, and thank you for joining us for the 83rd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com, the interweb's premier podcast dedicated to poorly reviewed and or financially unsuccessful films. Tonight, the second entry in our Tango and Captain Cash series, dedicated to Sylvester Stallone's bombs, we'll be talking about the notoriously bad Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. And let me tell you, folks, this one is a bomb. Capital B, it is terrible. Joining me on tonight's pod, as always, are the Thunderous Wizard, who's just returned from volunteering on Joe Jorgensen's campaign. You have our condolences, sir. That's, uh, that's not true. That's 100% false. I was stumping for Sleepy Joe. Okay, fair enough. Your odds are looking a little bit better, then. Slightly. Slightly. <laughs> and we've also got our resident Golden Girls expert, Captain Cash. Listen... Blanche Devereaux was the hottest thing to come out of that show since 1997. Okay. I think Deadpool would approve. Uh, I think he's more of a B. Arthur, but fair. Oh, which one's which one's Blanche? Well, if I ever uh, take over a radio station and I'm holding hostages, I'm going to demand a lot of things, but mainly a Dallas Cowboys football helmet full of cottage cheese and naked pictures of B. Arthur. So... Is that uh, Airheads? That is Airheads. Blanche was Rue McClanahan. Yes. Ah, Gotcha. God rest her soul. Yep. R.I.P. Rue McClanahan, blind teacher from Starship Troopers. Yes, also true. That is very true. And returning again is our resident gun runner and neon tracksuit enthusiast, Mayor McCheese. And continuing with our Stallone voice, I will chime in now and say... Mom! Ugh, come on, Mo! Mom! Listen, 90 minutes of... Come on, Mo! Mom! all I can handle. I don't need to do 90 more minutes with you jerks. No, you're doing it. Oh, oh, we're doing it. Yeah, we are. Well, I mean, that's pretty much the only punchline in the whole movie. So, yeah, that's all we have to work with. That is the main punchline in the movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you can find me, Chumpzilla, on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. Gentlemen, where can the listener find you on the socials? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at WriterTLK. That's where I am at. I can be found at CAPTCASH on most of your social media. And I am located at HBOF McGee's. All right. Well, now that we've got the social plugs out of the way, that brings us to beer. And as always, for a movie of this caliber, we're going to need some beer. A lot of it. A lot of it. Yep. So for tonight's pod, I've selected Ironmonger Brewing's Anvil Double IPA. 
Ironmonger is another Chumpzilla local. This brewery hails from Marietta, Georgia, and this double IPA has plenty of stopping power at an ABV of 8.6. It pours a hazy golden yellow with a thin head, and it's rated at 40 IBUs. It's pretty hoppy and citrusy. It has just a hint of bitters, so let me crack one right now. I'm also cracking one. Yeah, let's get it. Got a pretty, pretty decent aroma, not too pungent. And yeah, that is, it's uh, surprisingly light and uh, smooth, hoppy, not too boozy. And yeah, it does have a bit of a, a bitter aftertaste, but not a strong, strong uh, aftertaste. And it was, you know, recommended for its good mouthfeel. And I have to admit, this is very drinkable and light for an 8.6 double IPA. So I'm going to give this uh, a too bad movie rating. I could sit there a couple with this. Might get a little dicey towards the end of that second movie, but... I, w- I would like to comment because the listener can't see that. Is, is that a 16er? Is that a that's well, a tall, the tall boy? boy for sure? Yeah, it is. It is. It is a pounder. And uh, you can pick this up in four packs of pounders or in a 32 ounce growler straight from the brewery. Nice. So cheers, gentlemen. A cheers, yeah. sir. If you're if you're watching and drinking and listening along with us, go ahead and get yourself a bunch of beer. It's going to you're going to need it. I didn't think this was that bad. I know it's not good, oh, but here we go. <laughs> it's Stallone. It's, it's no, almost you unwatchable. Have a, you have a weird thing for old no. lady mom films too. Listen, I have a weird thing for sassy old ladies, and I still. Oh my god! Tell us more, Captain Cash. That actually, no. Don't tell us anything. Let's just get to uh, the the nuts and bolts of this thing. Well, now that we have the beer out of the way, let's talk about the movie. So here's the tale of the tape for 1992's Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. There's really not a lot of interesting things to say about this movie other than the one rumor story that's pretty much confirmed that everybody knows about this movie that knows anything about Arnold and Sly. Uh, Hollywood history goes that Arnold pretended to be interested in the movie in order to trick Sly into being interested as well and then signing on. And apparently that's what happened. Sylvester Stallone heard that Arnold was interested in this script, so he ran to his agent and said, get me on this project. I want to be in this movie. And uh, the rest is history. Fun fact, Arnold is a notorious troll. Just ask Lou Ferrigno. Lou, look at me. I'm so scared. I'm shaking. I can't even eat my eggs, Lou. Oh, man. are we? Do we get... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do we get to yes. do our Arnold voices now? Because I want to yes. do... I'm going to mix him up. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to mix them up. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do both voices in this pod and this whole month. A lot of Arnold and I'm pretty sure there's an alternate take of Arnold and Conan where in the what's best in life scene he goes to crush your enemies and to see them driven before you and to make them make bad movies. <laughs> so many bad movies. Oh my god, so many bad movies. Do you remember I made him do the one with the old lady? Mm, ah, yeah. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> wow, we could do that all night. Uh, so Stop or My Mom Will Shoot was released in February of 1992. The action comedy was rated PG-13 and checks in with a runtime of just 87 minutes, thankfully. Yeah. And uh, it was produced on an estimated budget of $45 million, and it earned a worldwide box office gross of just $70.6 million. How much so did Stallone take for this? Does anybody know? Because... 
I tried to look that up. I didn't find a quick answer, but I'm guessing no less than 10 mil. Uh, if I he mean... got 12 for over the top, I have a couple <laughs> yeah. of questions. How is the budget for this 45 million? Because literally not that much happens in this movie to to well, up they, the budget. I mean, they just... They destroyed a lot of shit. I mean, yeah, it's got to cost a fair bit of money to destroy an entire building. Yeah, but you don't see... No, I guess. Uh, but you yeah. don't see a lot on screen compared yeah. to other movies of this era. Also, I'm shocked it made 70.6. Like, totally also, shocked. I, I, I agree with that statement very much. Well, it'll come up later, I'm sure, but this was clearly Stallone chasing that kindergarten cop money, right? When was kindergarten... When did the kindergarten cop come out? 1990, I believe, but don't quote me. Ooh, I believe that's, that's right. right. I think it was 90. So this was him yeah, trying to 100%. score that family comedy movie. But turns out Sly's not funny. Yeah, he called up his agent. He's like, hey, yo, uh, I saw uh, Schwarzenegger was in this movie with some uh, kids. Can I get one with an old lady? Yo, uh, I need my it's not a tumor moment. Can I get Can I get a it's not a tumor is there any chance you can work me into an adult diaper? <laughs> that might be the most unnecessary scene in the whole movie, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so that uh, improbable $70.6 million it made uh, certainly was not enough to make any money for Universal. As far as the critics go, Rotten Tomatoes scores it at a 7%, with the viewer score undeservingly higher at 21%. They must all agree with you, Thunderous Wizard. And Metacritic has seemingly ignored this film, as I would suggest that everyone else does as well, because they don't seem to have an entry for this movie. Strange. It's just a no. blank spot on Sly's filmography. Uh, something tells me whatever his residuals have been from this movie, he donated to Metacritic to remove it, to scrub it from history. <laughs> That sounds that was familiar. His social media manager had a deal with Metacritic to get it wiped off the books. But uh, yeah, seriously, folks, the less said about this movie, the better. You can find it streaming on Hulu with a subscription or to rent for $3.99 on most streaming services. But again, I would not recommend doing that. Do you have $3? Those $3 would be better spent buying one of the beers from Ironmonger. That's your move. It's free on Showtime, but what I would recommend is emailing Showtime customer support and demanding a month of your service fee back for them still keeping this on Showtime. <laughs> the only thing I will say is, have you watched everything during quarantine and you've run out of things to watch? Maybe watch this, but only if you're... It's this or staring out a window. Nah, start over. Just, you know... Throw on one of the Avengers movies one more time. <laughs> yeah, I would probably watch Pluto Nash before I would watch this. Ooh, that's a strong statement. I, Ooh, I, I do not know that I agree. I can't get with you there. I This is bad, but at least I laughed a couple times. And at least, well, Stallone was phoning it in pretty hard too. But God, I love Estelle Getty. So she's the highlight, but I will say this movie doesn't have Randy Quaid as a robot in it. So yeah. well, listen, this movie has three jokes. The three jokes are old lady makes a reference to a cop movie. Old lady does a thing naively that would normally be very dangerous. Old lady treats someone as an infant. 
That's uh, the whole movie. I think you're forgetting the diaper. <laughs> There's a I'm more. not sure I consider that a joke. Oh, it was a joke. It just wasn't funny. Yeah. There's a number four. I don't know if it's a joke, and we'll talk about it later, but it's old lady interacts with, like, super overweight villain. Or not villain, bad guy. And they somehow have, like, this comedic back and forth. Yeah, I, yeah. I count that as number two. Old lady does a thing naively that is normally dangerous. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, great. Yeah, I think that I, covers I did, that. I did enjoy those parts, and we'll talk about them, but the rest of the movie is uh, simple. Yeah. All right, let's keep things moving here with the cast, guys. We've got Sylvester. Come on, ma. Stallone as tough cop Joe Bamowski. Which I'm convinced is only there because it broadly sounds like Mom-Mowski. Like, Mom is worked into the name because that's the level of effort they put into this movie. I question that, but I'll buy it for a dollar. Okay. And then we've got Estelle Sophie Getty as Joe's overbearing mother, Tootie. And potentially our greatest golden girl. Not potentially. She is the greatest golden girl. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty because obviously Betty White has become a national treasure. But on Golden Girls, Estelle Getty is the MVG, most valuable geriatric. Wouldn't it be MVGG, most valuable golden girl? I think you mean MGGILF. Let's put it this way. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Old folks' homes are notorious for having wild sex parties. Old folks' villages, like the villages in Florida. And you know she's running the show down there, just handing out Viagras. That's how sweet. Oh. <laughs> Still getting what's on the Golden Girls. Wow. This okay, took so a hard just... left turn. Yep. And then to wrap up my cast. Hey, hey, hey. Listen. <clears throat> listen. Let Estelle Getty get it. Let Estelle Getty get it. That's only fair. Let Getty get it. Okay. Yeah, Getty, and get to it. round out the cast, we've got Joe Beth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just one more time. Hashtag. Get it, can get it. Okay. And to round out the cast, we've got Joe Beth, the mom from Poltergeist Williams, as Joe's love interest and boss, Gwen. No conflict of interest there. That's totally fine. Definitely above board. Yeah, HR is thrilled with that, I'm sure. And, of course, we also do get a blink-and-you'll-miss-it cameo from Ving Rames as the very stereotypical Mr. Stereo. That definitely right. stuck out to me. in the fir- It's literally in the first five minutes. You're like, oh, Ving Rames. I, I guess everybody got to start somewhere. I just got to point yeah. this out because one of the gun runners, if you go to his IMDb, uh, he looks just like Andy Reid, the football coach, if he was selling drugs in Miami. And I'm definitely posting this to social. <laughs> <laughs> so look for that, listener. All right. Before the before the pod started, we, we were having a where did I see that guy moment? And the evil dude is the sheriff of Rottingham. And yeah. his number Roger two, Reese as the as the not Hans Gruber. Yeah, and his number two, oh, what was Martin it? Martin Ferrero. Yeah, he was. He's in Jurassic Park. <laughs> he's Gennaro, the guy who gets eaten on the toilet. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I I watched this on like Monday morning at four a.m. when I couldn't sleep, and I saw both of them. I'm like, what fucking movies are those dudes from? And it took me until now to finally go and figure it out. But now I'm I'm. I'm happy that I've placed them. Yeah, I think one thing this movie has going for it in terms of the supporting cast is that it was clearly filmed in L.A., so they had access to whoever was hanging around. Hey, who wants to be in a Sylvester Stallone movie? So yeah, they got yeah. tons of like you know working actors and not not you know randos. 
You guys yeah, want to I mean, be in a Stallone and Getty or Golden Girls vehicle? Yep. Hell yeah, I do. I mean, is it 1992? <laughs> Who would say no to that? But like, if you go and look, go go to the Wikipedia page and look at the cast. Everybody but one person has their own dedicated page. This movie stacked. Wait, it's stacked. Captain Cash, can you say Wikipedia again? Wikipedia. God yeah, damn. that's the there good go. stuff. Yeah. Hold so, on, hold on. So I gotta weird. go get the hot yogurt for my toes. Oh god. Uh, and <laughs> the vampire bat. Don't forget that. Bat. I um, was in Mortal Kombat with a fucking bat. <laughs> there are some repeats in this movie who you failed to mention because uh, the surly neighbor from uh, uh, Suburban Commando, Dennis Berkeley, appears as uh, one of the guys who becomes sort of central to the plot. And, of course, Richard Schiff is a gun clerk. You may remember him from Man of Steel as Dr. Emil Hamilton. Also, oh, I, I barely Absolutely. remember anything from Man of Steel. Oh, God. Just shut up, you clown. Um, the only thing I remember from Man of Steel is Superman being a creepy voyeur. Oh, wait, <laughs> never mind. That's Superman Returns. Never also, mind. He's, he's in... He's just a hobo in Man of Steel. He's in Jurassic Park, The Lost World, so double Jurassic Park here. Oh, man. Is the other detective from something? Because his face is super familiar. Oh, Ross, he's, the guy he's he... super asshole, like stepdad from eighties and nineties movies. I get, I, I gotta say, when when a grown man who's the asshole of the movie gets a swirly from another grown man, I'm not sure <laughs> if I'm if if that was like written into the movie or they're like, this is gonna be great. It's like you're two like forty year olds. This is how you solve your problems. You've got two armed men and somebody's getting a swirly. I'm sorry, but. In the 90s in L.A., somebody's going to die after that. <laughs> two, two things. One, we're getting very far ahead of ourselves because that might be the best scene in this movie. And two, I just, I'm scrolling through IMDb right now, Thunderous Wizard, and that dude is from Collateral Damage. Oh, Jesus. If we ever do another Arnold Month, that movie is going on there. Uh, Wait, I, I thought that was the Tom Cruise movie. movie. No, that's Collateral. That movie's good. Collateral Damage is where Arnold's daughter is killed in a, inadvertently in a terrorist attack. Maybe it's his wife. So he goes down to South America. He's like a fireman, and he goes down to South America to find him. <laughs> I would just like to, for you, the listener, I would like to take a brief break and note, we have repeatedly brought up Arnold and other movies because that's how weak this movie is. There is so little to talk about. We're, we're really making this an hour and a half pod when it could have been 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. bit 10. I have a lot to say about some of this movie. A lot of the illegal gun use that goes on within the Los Angeles Police Department. He's just trading guns with people, using guns that are from the black market. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, Stallone's gun safety here is... Like, listen, I don't know shit about gun safety, but I know Stallone is not practicing it in this film. No. And There's neither is his mom. There's literally guns hidden everywhere and in plain sight where you're like, oh, shit, sorry, that's a gun. Hold on, let me tuck that back under the driver's seat. <laughs> All right, so let's rein this in here, folks, and let's keep it moving. So let's get the one-liners. IMDb describes this movie as follows. A tough police sergeant's overbearing mother comes to visit him and begins to meddle in his life and career. I, mean, I got I, I got the next one. Yeah, Captain Cash, what you got? Picture it. Los Angeles, 1992. A beautiful woman is involved with her son in a caper in Los Angeles. 
Listen, that's a Golden Girls reference. You didn't get that. You're too young for me. Yeah, no, thanks, Sophie. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I would say Canine Cops and Robertsons and a Half, which is several movie titles combined into one because if you've ever seen a mismatched excuse me, cop excuse movie. Me. And Hooch. And Hooch. It's, it's that. <laughs> this is what that is. And it nope, essentially they're... is the same movie as Cop and a Half with Burt Reynolds, but probably with less charm. I haven't seen that in a while, but I like Burt Reynolds. Nope, that is very fair, Thunderous Wizard. Mayor McCheese, what's your one-liner? Since we just got a refresh of Borat, mine is, Finally! Somebody nailed what it's actually like to be a cop. Not. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad that's back. The not joke. Not. (laughs) I mean, it's it's period appropriate for 1992, so there's that. Oh, there's a lot of like very 90s things about this movie, particularly yeah, movie him. Looks like it was shot in the 80s. Running through airport security, screaming all sorts of absurd shit in an airport, <laughs> and not being immediately taken out by an air marshal. Exactly. Yeah, that only lands for. Excuse me, that only lasts for another 10 years, kids. <laughs> Yeah, this is the good old nine. days where you could like do yeah, some nine. shit in the airport and people would be like, hey, stop it, okay? We got flights to get out here. All right, so here's my one-liner. Stop or my mom will shoot is a result of the creatively bankrupt Hollywood studio cabal spinning the cop in a blank wheel and landing on Golden Girl and then greenlighting it for $45 million because the blow ain't going to pay for itself. And honestly, by 92, the blow is running kind of low. I'm convinced that with like $50 million worth of blow, this could have worked. No, you know how this movie works? If they would have approached it like it was a naked gun or a naked gun 33 and a third cop movie, it would have been great. That's fair. You know, that, that would have worked. But again, I feel like $5 million more worth of blow might have achieved that. I will say this, because you're onto something, Captain Cash. The amount of blow that went into greenlighting this movie for $45 million is probably about a third of the amount of blow that Don Jr. has been doing since Tuesday. <laughs> hey, man, he's sharing his supply with Roger Stone, apparently. Anyway, I think Coke there's Joe. one thing Hashtag about this Coke movie Joe. that does seem suspicious, because out of that $45 million... Assuming about 10 of that's going to Sly, I don't see a lot of it on the screen. I have to imagine there was some, you know, uh, expenses for the uh, production crew. (laughs) I would find it satisfying if you got the actual numbers and saw it was 10 to Sly and 10 to Estelle Getty, just so you know that she got hers. You know, to be fair, it was 10 to Estelle Getty, but five of those millions of dollars was for call gentlemen, gigolos. Gigolos and uh, golf carts for all her pals in the retirement village when she went back and had her raging orgy. Yeah, Jesus I mean, Christ. definitely <laughs> one million was for statistically bondage a fact that like some of the most widespread venereal yeah, disease no, areas it, in the country are retirement. Big villages. fan of talking about old person sex. God, yeah, again, get it. again, get it. Sophie Fox. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Hashtag get it. Get it. So uh, so let's get to the plot of this movie. Um, there is a plot. It, it almost there? makes sense. It's basically a really long episode of Miami Vice. Yep. Just not as cool or fun. 
and set um, in Los Angeles. Considering yeah. the shirts, wouldn't it be more Magnum PI since Stallone is constantly dressed like a bookie in some sort of shady Florida town? Well, yeah, but I think it's more fitting for measures. You know, this could either be in Palm Springs or what's the Palm Springs equivalent of Florida? Orange Palm County. Palm, Palm Beach. Palm Beach. Orange County. I don't know. Florida is a conundrum that I'm not ready to tackle, but I do know one thing. They have lots of retirement villages where mad oh sex is going on. Stop. Well, stop. stop. Jesus. Hard but stop. no, it's true. Old Jewish women from the Northeast tend to uh, retire to like Miami Beach or you know, like Palm Springs. So just on a this... bed of dicks. <laughs> 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 oh. All right. Well, enough of the geriatric sex talk. It's time to get onto the plot. There is so, never enough of the geriatric sex talk, but all right, let's go. Ugh. Sylvester Stallone plays a tough and gruff L.A. cop, Sergeant Joe Bomowski. His diminutive mother, Tootie, played by Estelle Getty, comes to stay with him and proceeds to get comically tied up and wrapped up into his personal and professional life, driving Joe absolutely nuts. Mom! Yeah, come on, Mom! Yeah. Mom. Uh, honestly, how, like... I'm convinced Stallone got the script and it was just like, instead of like lines, he got asterisk, you're annoyed with your mother sound. And he you interpreted could, that as, come on, man. man. You, could make, you could make this a college level drinking game if you took a shot every time he said mom. Oh my God, uh, you'd be dead. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that would kill you. I okay, think not, just okay. take a drink. Take a drink. Yeah, of yeah. take a drink. Mom. I mean, I think like, like an Edward Forty Hands tie-in to a couple weeks ago. Not a shot, but like a slug of beer. You know what yes. you could do is print out the rules that he writes for his mother, and every time she violates one of the rules he sets, then you have to like shotgun. I think beer. that's that's a think really that's good idea. I, just, I think yeah, I think it's worse than what I just said. <laughs> it might be, but hey, you know I think what? We we might have so, a game on our hands, gentlemen. So, so wait. We're going to do a version two of this where we play those rules and then immediately record the pod right no, after. No, I said, I think we do it during. I've oh, already started. I do like this live broadcast idea. All right. So anyway. So, moving on. Tootie wrecks Joe's service weapon by cleaning it with a bizarre concoction of household cleaners and then tasks herself with buying him a replacement. Through a comedy of errors, Tootie illegally purchases a Uzi machine pistol and becomes a witness to the murder of one of the arms dealers. Again, this would be joke number two. Old lady does a thing that is naively that is comically dangerous. Well, this is one of the more enjoyable scenes where Tootie interacts with the big gruff McCheese looking man and they haggle and she beats him down and he's like, okay, I guess I'll sell it to you. There is an aspect of this scene that does stand out to me. And I think it will come up again later and that thing, I think, is very important to why this scene is memorable and funny. But we'll come to it when it gets here. Okay, so <clears throat> initially, Tootie doesn't tell the whole story to the cops, saving the key details for Joe in hopes of making him look good at work. Again, a felony, and an old lady does something naively that is wildly dangerous. Okay, not naively. She knows exactly what she's doing. Oh, yeah, she's doing she it does, She doesn't know it's a felony, though. Yeah, it's a calculated risk. Buying an Uzi from a guy out of a van is not a calculated risk. It's obviously a felony. 
Well, that, that was naive, but lying to the cops, she knew exactly what she was doing. Knowing Estelle Getty like I do, she'd been buying <laughs> uh, ecstasy out of the back of vans for years. I don't even That's know if that fair. was popular in 92. <laughs> this is just my estimation. No, no, dude, just listen. That's how much on the cusp of drug yeah. culture in the 90s Estelle Getty was. Yeah, she, she was lived right long there. enough at that point that she had like the 300-yard view. Yeah, she, yeah, she was raving before it was cool. What exactly. what confuses me is that she knew she needed a pistol and then buys an Uzi as if this is going to be better. Listen, it's way better. It shoots way many more bullets. Well, hold on. And again, I only watched this once and I don't plan to watch it again. Did, did they offer her a pistol? I thought they were just offering her assault no, rifle. They tried to sell van. her an assault rifle. And she's like, what's yeah. he going to do with that? He needs a one-handed gun. Come on. But they they never actually tried to sell her a pistol, did they? No. They went straight from an assault illegal assault weapon to... Come on now. To the... Listen, that's, that's classic upsell tactics. That's what you do. Yeah. That's... At the end of the day, they wound up selling her an Uzi as opposed to a pistol, which, not a gun person, I assume would cost more. I just... It definitely cost more, but I don't think she asked... Well... One, the dude was in the gun room or the uh, the um, gun shop, the gun shop with her. So he knew she wanted a pistol. He went assault rifle. And I guess they met in the middle and she got the Mac 10. Yeah. You've already thought way more about this movie and scene than anybody involved in the production did. Because it's the writers. Time. And I'm, I'm filling time yep, here. I'm filling time. Yeah, we don't need to fill time. All right, let's move. Yeah. Oh, brutal, brutal. So, yep, again, she held back uh, the details to make her son look better later. So she then reveals the details to Joe, and they uncover a much larger insurance fraud slash gun running scheme. Tootie continues to meddle in Joe's professional and personal life, namely with his investigation and with his love life with his boss, Gwen. We get a very painful title drop at about 57 minutes in. It's brutal. Joe puts his foot down and reads his mom the riot act, which prompts her to sneak off to the airport to return home to Jersey. Joe realizes that his mom's advice was right, specifically the stuff about Gwen, and he races to the airport to convince his mother to stay for the weekend. They reconcile at the airport and return to Joe's apartment to discover one of the gun runners had broken in. The big Joe's early apartment, guy. a better film than this one. Barely. Yeah, not enough cockroaches. Anyway. This basically kicks off the film's climax, which ends up at an airfield. Think a really, really low-rent version of the middle climax from Con Air. But without Bruckheimer's sensibilities. Yeah. Tootie unexpectedly arrives at the airfield after being handcuffed to the gunrunner back at Joe's apartment without the cockroaches for her own safety and manages to save Joe's life by shooting the main bad guy before he can shoot Joe. Now... We get what I can only imagine was a ham-fisted attempt at a sequel stinger. Joe and Gwen, now sporting an engagement ring. This is are, definitely a weird epilogue. Like it, a it, very weird I don't epilogue. know that it has a purpose for the film other than to be like... Well, they needed yeah. an ending. What, let, let's give our notes on it. Let, let me describe ending. it for the listeners, and then we'll give our notes That's at fair. the end here. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Uh, Joe and Gwen are at the airport to drop off Tootie. Gwen now with an engagement ring. Ah, so to a certain degree, mom's mission is complete. Okay. So while they're dropping her off at LAX, she recognizes a man in the crowd. Tootie thinks she remembers seeing him on America's Most Wanted, and he pulls a gun and attempts to flee when she makes a scene alerting Joe to his presence. 
Joe gives chase and tackles him. There's some really bad stunt double work there, according to the Thunderous Wizard, only for Tootie to announce that she now remembers the crime that this man was wanted for, shooting his mother. Joe shrugs and smirks, freeze frame, roll credits. Thank you, Jeebus. Uh, Wow. I'm cracking a beer, too, there, because after that, I could use number two. Yeah, hand. There's uh, a lot of horn. questions Cheers, we skimmed over in there, but let's go to uh, TW to start. The, the funny thing about the ending is it's like literally the most maybe culturally aware joke of the film that the old lady who sits at home watching too much like sort of junky TV recognizes this guy from America's Most Wanted. And it's like, yeah, it's totally something like a mom would do. But the rest of it... Captain Cash is right, is really absurd, ridiculous, dumb shit that no human would do, and it makes no sense. And like the epilogue is just so tacked on, and it feels tacked on, where it's like, it, you can Again. tell that they're trying to arrive at a place for the characters where, look, Joe has moved beyond his bachelor life, he's gonna get married, oh, and Estelle Getty, goddammit, uh, and Tootie, rather, has decided, okay, well, now I can be involved in a cop drama thing. Like, I can see what they're trying to do, but it's just the most, like, aggressive, dumb way they can do it possible. Well, I mean, they needed to provide a closure to the movie, and they did it in a fast-forward, half-joke way, where, like, all of a sudden, they're all friends. Stallone and his boss are in love, and they're getting married because of the mom, and... The mom and the differences are over. And then, oh, there's a last minute joke where the mom notices a bad guy and Stallone brings him down. It's it, yeah. I don't know. Again. How, I don't know how I don't know how else you end this movie because there's no good ending. because It's not a good movie, but it's also like, all right, cool. Thanks for the no, ending. No, no. Hold on. Um, no, I will say this, Mary McCheese. There is a perfect way to end this movie, in my opinion. And they try to do it with this little epilogue. But. It doesn't work. What they needed to do was after Tootie shoots the bad guy and saves Joe at the airfield, you just needed to have backup to arrive. Gwen shows up and they reconcile right then and there. And you just see like, you know, Tootie happy with herself and those two get back together and it's done. And you know, that's honestly, that's right fair. There. But, but I will say this. It's, no, it's not. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, you're, you're right. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no, hang on. I, I think I have it. Chumzilla is right. We we get the reconciliation of Gwen and Sly right there. But then the jump forward epilogue is the wedding in which Tootie recognizes one of the waiters or servers is there to murder L.A. cops identifies them, and then we have a shootout. That's how the movie ends. Well, I, I, I wouldn't even take it that far. I would just say she recognizes somebody from America's Most Wanted and makes Joe tackle one of the caterers and interrupts the wedding. Yes, but at I, I will wedding. say this. Yes. There's a reason okay, I that... think... Hold on, hold on. There's a reason I think this is actually a really ham-fisted attempt at a sequel stinger is because you do get the emotional stuff taken care of. Mom's happy. Gwen and Sly are happy. But then they get pulled back into this, and it's kind of like, hey, maybe we're a good team. Just when I thought I was out there. Yeah. So, so, so maybe in. there's a thing. Maybe we should stay together and be mom and son cop buddies. Huh? 
for the record, the ending only really works if he tackles the guy and she walks him and goes, oh, that's not him. Because it's all about her meddling in his life and he gets really annoyed with it. And sometimes she's right, but mostly she's wrong. So then it works. But I know, I, I doubt you found this in your research, but they they had a separate ending for test audiences screenings. And uh, what's her name? Tootie. Tootie retired. Still Getty. Tootie. Uh, Getty can get it. Yep. She retired to a village down in Florida. And they show up to visit her, and it's just a wild rave. <laughs> no. Just full, of, no. just full of glow sticks and all manner I, of weird listen, stuff. And ecstasy by all the back of a van. Yeah. You cannot get away listen, from the old person's sex conversation. Yeah, listen, TW is actually kind of right in that a good way to end this would also have been Tootie identifies the person, Sly tackles him, and it turns out to just be a random person, and she's completely wrong. That also would have worked, right, I yeah, suppose. The, the and then, and then 2D could have hornily cavity searched him. I'm yeah. just telling you, that's a Captain Cash's Hold movie. On. Or I'm sorry, that, that's in the Thunderous Wizards movie. <laughs> Hold on, the sad ending where 2D identifies him, Sly Stallone tackles him, and then everyone realizes that 2D has dementia. <laughs> oh, 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 oh Jesus, that's way less cool than 2D identifying that her new boyfriend has been buying illegal sex pills out of a van in the parking lot of their retirement She's buying village. illegal guns, so who gives a shit? Yeah. i got some real, real big questions about the Thunderous Wizards head All right, here. When... Come to the Golden Girls and stop or my mom will shoot. I'm sorry. But Hold anyway, we, that brings us to ranking this movie. We need to give this movie our beer ranking. So, Thunderous Wizard, you're such a fan. You start us off. How many beers... Would you give this movie? This movie is not good. I don't think it's the worst movie we've done by any stretch, but it's really bland and very derivative. So I would say four beers because it's pretty short. And some things are funny, but it's just so, I mean, you've seen this, this movie a million times and you've seen it better. So. Okay. So beer every 22 minutes. That works. That works. Mayor McCheese. What's your score? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And these are pain beers, not enjoyment beers. I don't want to watch this with a buddy. This is a it's a four to five beer movie. I mean, like I mentioned earlier in the pod, I watched this when I couldn't sleep at 4 a.m. And I 20 minutes in was thinking about starting drinking because I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be terrible. So I'm going to go with a four to five. Four to five. Now, McCheese, though, I still think that if you had an emotional support buddy, and four to five beers, it'd probably be easier to get through this movie. Well, I, I disagree because, like, the last handful of movies, this is, I don't think this is something enjoyable to watch with a friend. There's no jokes to be made. Other than the Stallone voice, what are you going to chat about? Like, yeah. what are you going to, like, what are you going to pick on? The, re- the real thing that harkens back in my mind is the story I told about the Vic. I don't want to go see this in a movie theater and throw things at the screen. If I went to a movie like this, I'd get about a half an hour in and be like, no, oh, this is. And you fall asleep. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, that's my MO. Yeah. <laughs> so don't threaten me with exactly what I plan to do. Um, <laughs> like, I don't, I would never go pay to watch this as a shitty theater and drink while I watched it. I mean, I watched it for free on my phone, and even halfway in, I'm like, God damn it, I have to finish this because there's a podcast involved. I didn't want to. There's plenty of reason this movie has absolutely evaporated from Stallone's filmography Stallone's done some terrible movies get Carter uh, uh, 
ICU, etc. This movie is just it's there's no point to it. It's so forgettable. I'm sure I'll never watch it again, and I didn't even think it was the worst. And I'm really cutting on it now harder than anybody because it's useless. It's a useless film. And the the tough thing here is that it falls into a weird middle point where it can't be a serious cop movie and it can't be a naked gun movie because Stallone is not Leslie Nielsen. And it's not going to be a serious cop movie when you get to the cop plus dog, cop plus mom type trope. So, well, it's not it's not even as serious as Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon is still a cop movie, but. This is not Lethal Weapon either. I want to hear so. Captain Cash. Yeah, yeah so, well, Captain Cash, first off, you got to give us your beer score. The beer score is a five. It's a, okay. it's a five beer movie. It's it's not good. And the whole reason it's a five beer movie is, is that Stallone doesn't carry the comedy. Estelle Getty might not be super funny in this, but she is working hard with the material she's got. If she does you a decent ha- job. She does yeah, a right? decent job for like the the New Jersey mom who's too involved and like doesn't care that her son has grown up. You're exactly right. She She's not the problem in the movie. The problem in the movie is that the lead character just doesn't have enough charisma that you actually fucking care about him. Yeah, he actually seems like an exasperated, whiny man-child, but not in a funny way, but just in like a sad and tragic way. Yes. So yes. anyway, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We still got time <clears throat> coming up for our general impressions, and I think we'll rehash a lot of this. For me, this is easily a six-beer movie, all the beers, and a shot of Bushmills. I'll do a shot. Well, I mean, that's aggressive. I don't drink and Protestant whiskey, so. I do, and I've got some right here, so I'm going to do some paperwork to get caught up. Chug a lug. Boy, there's going to be a lot of. Uh, we usually we almost never do hard alcohol on the show, but with our last Stallone movie, Bullet Bourbon is required. So, yes. Well, I would just like to point out that you do get a shot in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot of Stallone staying late to get caught up on paperwork, and he pulls out a bottle of Bushmills from his desk. Yes, and doesn't yes. really tell the woman, uh, his boss. Gwen, that he loves her, she sort of overhears it. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. It, and he's drinking, yeah. he's drinking, he's got booze in his desk at work, and he's just like, yeah, not, that's, boss but that's, a, that's also a 90s cop stereotype where the cops got the booze in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we don't have to go into it because in the same movie, we have guns hidden randomly everywhere, and it's seemingly okay. All right. Well, we finished up the beer ratings there, so let's take a break before diving into our general impressions and questions for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot because, goddamn, after that, we need it. We need to stop, or my mom will shoot. Welcome back, folks, to our 83rd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by RevengeOfTheFans.com. This is your host, Chumpzilla, and I am, of course, joined by the Thunderous Wizard, Captain Cash, and Mayor McCheese. We've covered Stop or My Mom Will Shoot's plot, and now let's get to our general impressions and questions. All right, first off, guys, would you recommend the listeners watch this movie? Nope. Hard no. Yeah. Nope. Nah. Nope. nope. There's, not there's a, just not enough here. This again, is a one I, and I think, done. I think I said it earlier. If you've made it 
if you're in 100% quarantine, you've run out of things to watch. You can put this on the list, but it's better to rewatch something better than this. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me rephrase. How much do you love the Golden Girls? If yeah, that's a good answer, question. If your answer was above 120%, watch this movie. Or how yeah. much do you love Cop Plus movies? How much do you love Cop Plus Dog or Cop Plus? Yeah. Well, I think the thing about this movie is it's not a great example of that genre. It's not really a great movie for Estelle Getty. Oh, you and don't not, say. And it's not really a great movie for Sly. You know, so it's not like you have to see it if you're fans of those actors or their franchises. Um, but it is an oddity of 90s filmmaking. So as a curiosity, that's the only value I will give it. It only holds value in that sense. It's not culturally significant. It's not so bad that it's good. It's just a really, really weird thing that happened. So if you want to see the weirdest side of mainstream 90s cinema, okay, this is part of that. Aside or from that, it has no value. Uh, or if you really want to see Stallone in a diaper, watch it. Yes, that's true. The weirdest part of this for me, though, is Estelle Getty in Golden Girls is billed as the oldest Golden Girl. And, she's and yet she looks younger in this movie than she does in the whole of the series. Well, she's younger than B. Arthur. Do we have some stats on Estelle Getty? I'm assuming she's 80-somewhat and like 95 Well, I have some stats. All right. I have some she vitals was, if we need them. She was born in 23. Jesus Christ. So by 92, math, she's 69. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Here we go. Uh, nice. Here, here, listen, the, listen. The Thunderous Wizard, that you didn't immediately jump on that, shame on you. You should have done that research, T-Dubs. You should have done that research. All you need to know is, if you're not a part of a Facebook group titled, Thank You for Being a Friend, don't watch the movie. <laughs> That's it. The older the berry, the sweeter the juice. Oh, Jesus Christ. We, we all know it's the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, but go ahead. It's a Friday joke. Come on. It's a something. <laughs> It's a stopper my mom will shoot joke. No, Friday. Oh. Chris Tucker, Ice Cube, come on. We well, all know Friday. Uh, there's Wait, what's that? What is it? What What's Friday? <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Friday. Yeah, Friday. Rebecca Blank. Get down on Friday. Wait, what? One, oh, Jesus. one to make it through the continued conversation of this movie. There. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, Mary McCheese. Uh, you're uh, popping the top there inspired me to come back to one of your previous points. You pointed out you enjoyed Estelle Getty's scenes with the burly gun running guy. And we get yeah. two of those effectively. You get the haggling at the back of the van and then you get their interaction at the apartment. And I do think those are two of the funnier and uh, more entertaining parts of the movie. They also like work, they flow, they have timing. It, it seems like entertainment in those scenes. And I think the key factor there is both of them don't have Stallone. Well, it's just Estelle Getty with somebody else that can act. They're and they trying. can actually do comedy together. This is this harkens back to what I said before, how this could be a better movie, Naked Gun 33 in a third style. If you have like the inept old lady who doesn't know what she's doing and like this super dumb gruff guy interacting, their conversations are gonna be enjoyable because you're gonna have like the New Jersey mom being like 
well, why is it so expensive? And then the guy's like, it's a gun. <laughs> and they go back and forth, and that's worth watching. And not whatever Stallone brought to the rest of the movie. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that at the end of the day, it's that Stallone just ain't that funny. Like, he's funny in other stuff. He ain't funny here. Yeah. Hold on. TV time out. What is he say. funny in? What, what is he funny in? He's funny oh. in Judge Dredd. Yes. Oh. Tango and Cash. Uh, uh, I, don't think, I don't think any of those are supposed to be funny movies. Tango and Cash is supposed to be quippy. God damn it. Judge Dredd's not. Sorry. It's not Judge Dredd in which he is funny. He's funny in Demolition Man. Also. He's genuinely yes. funny in Demolition Man. Oh, shit. Man. You're right. Meant, I, meant I, to be I, quippy. I, I, Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's I, funny in Demolition Man. My bad. I agree with that just because he doesn't know what's happening. Well, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I was thinking about well. the three shells. Yeah. The three yeah. shells yeah. is Demolition yeah. Man. Yeah. And there's a reason that Demolition Man did good and those others didn't and are on this list. Somewhere yeah. around 19... Uh, what was it? No, the reason Demolition it was 98. Man did good is it was 98. Snipes. He no, was... no, no, no. Stallone still managed to be funny, but by 98, he had kind of figured out comic timing. No, he he didn't care about this movie at all. You can tell. Stallone is very notorious for taking a script and putting his stamp on it or later critiquing it. He knew this was a turd while he was doing it. He was not invested, you can tell. Tango and Cash, lot movie with a lot of problems. But it's a one-liner machine. He's got great timing in that movie with Kurt Russell. That movie's way better than that movie. And he basically shepherded that movie to the screen because it was such a disaster behind the scenes. Like, he can do those things. He just clearly hated... He, he, was, he probably was like fucking Arnold the entire time. My only thought on this is Stallone can't fake it till he makes it. My only thought on this is I hope this podcast never becomes popular because Stallone could still kick the shit out of all of us. I don't know. HGH, man, I'm his, taking my chances. His head's, his head's <laughs> too big. His hands are too big. I just got to run away vaguely. I think that's probably true, Captain Cash. But let me ask one of my favorite you know, generic questions. Did this movie deserve to flop? I'll answer first because I'm selfish. Yes. Yes, a million times. Yes. This movie is a crime against humanity. It's terrible. That's a tough call. I mean, it's 92. Arguably, Stallone's not at the height of his powers, but he's definitely in a, a grudge match against Arnold at who is at the height of their powers. Arnold. You've got Estelle Gedley. Listen, I I mean, in retrospect, very wait, obvious. Wait, wait, wait. Is, that, is she like the bassist for Rush, Estelle Getty Lee? <laughs> is that what you just said? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I bet she could. Stanley that, Getty Lee. Estelle Getty Lee. I like that. Yeah, Let's go. Robert Getty Lee. Estelle Getty coming off the fucking high that was the Golden Girls. Which was an awesome sitcom on television. Right. That, yeah. But we're at Barely 1992 where cop and a blank is the main fucking genre of movie. I mean, I don't. But not like, I can't movie. really. I can't say this deserved a flop. As as a not movie executive in 1992, high off my dick on coke, maybe I'm okay with this plan. Here's 45 million dollars. What you got for me? Uh, 100%. This deserved a flop. This movie's terrible. 
we did Last Action Hero, which is cop and young kid who teleports into a movie, which is yeah, a thousand <laughs> times better it's than this. Movie, it's movie cop, cop. And time yeah. traveler. plus real human. Yeah, which is a thousand times better than this, and that flopped. So yes, this deserves a flop. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, hard agree there, Thunderous Wizard. I was eight when this came out, so I would never know how to answer that question. But now, yeah, watching it again, it I mean, this is a flop. There's no reason to there's no reason to seek this out. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not saying it was a good movie. I'm just saying that in the time it was in, if I was up to my, let's call it eyeballs in Coke, I'm not saying I wouldn't say no. Uh, but that doesn't really answer the question whether or not it deserved a flop. You're just saying yeah. with enough narcotics, you <laughs> probably greenlight this too. Anyway, yeah, you're, you're saying um, if there's enough uppers, you'll watch every movie, which I think is the general statement if you have enough Yeah, uppers. I mean, and that really kind of lines up with what <laughs> you said, Mayor McCheese, is that you couldn't sleep, and therefore you filled your time with this crap. So, all right, that kind of it kind of lines up. So, where do you guys think this movie went wrong? And... In my opinion, it's uh, two factors. One, the humor is very repetitive. We've already mentioned that. And there's not a lot of chemistry between Stallone and Getty. And I think you mentioned this earlier, McCheese. This movie does feel like it's filmed in 82, not 92. But the other thing is that the action is not very action-packed. It's very generic. It feels like a really big episode of TV. In fact, I've got a joke about that. I'll hold on to it until we've all gotten through our little impressions here. But that's the thing I think this movie lacks. Comedy and chemistry between the leads and the action is underwhelming. Captain Cash, what I, didn't work for you in this movie? Stallone. At the end of the day, and you, you very much touched on it, it's the... I don't know that there's a lack of chemistry between the two leads, which are Stallone and Getty, but just Stallone didn't bring it. At the end of the day, Stallone needed to sell like, yeah, no, I know he's exasperated because wouldn't everybody be exasperated, but I can get where he's coming from, as opposed to whiny man-child, which is what we got. I don't, I don't know that if Arnold was in this thing, it would have been like good, but it would have been better. Well, there's a reason Arnold's not in this movie. It's yeah, because he right. saw the script and said, oh, that shit sucks. Yeah, script is terrible. Stallone should have known better. He had no chemistry with Getty, and he clearly did not have any real investment into the material. He was terrible in this movie. I said it earlier. He phoned it in. He was terrible. I, I, I've already mentioned it several times. The, the problem with this is it, doesn't fall into the right category you either need to be a naked gun or a real cop movie anywhere in between is a shot in dark and most of the time you're gonna fail so they didn't go campy enough on the comedy side and they didn't go serious enough on the cop side so you're left in this weird middle ground with stallone which I mean, I guess now's a good time to ask the question. Do you think he phoned it in more here or in Over the Top? And we're left with the movie. You know what? Tough call. I don't know that he... I I don't know that he phoned it in here because he's trying, but he failed. 
Whereas over the top, he wasn't trying, but it was close to who he really is, so that ultimately it worked out better. He no, was he I was disagree yeah, with that hundred no, percent. I do too. He was going for a strong silent type and over the top, and wasn't quite sure how to play it. It was like Rocky, but more subdued, and it didn't really work. But that movie again, it's brilliant. So can't argue with that. And in this movie, <laughs> there's just nothing there. I, I think to the Thunderous Wizard's point, there is a more stylized performance in Over the Top. Now, I think he's making like Nick Cage choices, and some of them don't work in that movie. In Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, it's literally just a lack of effort. He's just kind of, come on, man. That's literally his contribution in the movie. Um, but I, I also and, don't think that's his fault. I think that's what he was given. I think that's the script. Oh, he that's was fair. Given. That's fair. And like they want him to play like slightly dumb but super huge cop whose mom is overbearing. But it it like the the trope doesn't work. Like it's well, not the, the, the other problem you've got here, McCheese, is this is you know Stallone. You know what? Five years later. So he had more creative control. He could have driven this a bit more. He didn't have to take his dialogue as is. He had freedom. No, 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 no. Here's the challenge, though. Stallone in this movie is, is deliberately having to play against type, right? So you can tell he's trying to make this work, whereas over the top, that's that's closer to who he is, so he doesn't have to work as hard to make it work. No, I, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, he's what, he's I mean, playing another know, big dumb jock in this movie. That's his whole thing. We're trying to soften him up, but it's not like a huge. But he's playing big dumb jock that has to be funny. And uh, again, show me another movie in which he is funny. One, Demolition Man. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anyway, not... Tango and Cash. Yeah, Tango and Cash. Quip Central. Anyway, I'm I'm going to finish this section here on a joke that I think is pretty funny. Uh, you know, for and this is basically my comment on the lack of action. This movie seemed more like a very special episode of T.J. Hooker rather than a '90s action movie starring Sylvester Stallone. Fair. Okay. Yep. Fair. So. Moving on, one, one last little question here before we go into a break before the, the quiz section. Uh, what was your guys' favorite scene, joke, kill, whatever? Um, Captain Cash, start us off. What you got? I, <laughs> I, your delay. Yeah, I know. I thought, I, you've been telling us how great this movie is, and here how great this movie is no i've been telling you how great estelle getty is again hashtag getty can get it um i just feel ashamed to admit this that the one time i kind of (laughs) went in the entire time i watched this movie is when estelle getty points the gun directly at the camera and says go ahead make your bed in a direct reference to dirty harry where i'm like uh, I kind of get the reference. I get it. No, that, that's terrible, but okay. I that's wasn't terrible really gun expecting that. Is what that is. That's also terrible. Let me point a gun at my child under any circumstances. Like, God, Jesus. But still, 
Estelle Getty delivered in the line. I I guess I would say when she cleans his gun because that totally seems like the nosy mom type thing. But I I did like the title drop because she's like, oh, just a little high and to the right. Not so bad for a first timer. (laughs) Even though she's trying to murder someone. And and that part's funny. The title drop wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have much more to add on top of both Captain Cash's and Thunderous Wizards. I mean, she shoots twice. She does it good once, and the other times she doesn't do it great. And I don't, I don't know. I'm well, you know what? Half-assed I, in my mind. Yeah, it is. And I think you made the best point so far about the humor in the movie, McCheese. And the two best scenes are Estelle Getty and the Gunrunner. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to reiterate that. Those no, are no. I, when I they're think... talking, that's actually enjoyable. Like I, I found yes. those scenes funny where she's haggling with him. He's like, "Well, what do you want?" And she somehow beats him down because she's that, that New Jersey mom. But yeah, yeah. I think I think the jumper scene is pretty good, but it's also probably the concept they presented, which then became a ninety-minute movie. And they didn't really know how to exploit that concept for 90 minutes. Like, oh, like, this would be really funny. Down Stallone on the Jumper movie. Yeah, like, do now. They're like, well, we'll just get Estelle Getty and have them argue for the yeah, next 90 he minutes. He becomes like, like, he goes up there to save the guy. And he's like, is that your mom? Oh, your life sucks way more than mine. He goes in. <laughs> and that's like funny. And then they don't know what to do from there. At Again, all. Yeah, that's about, no, that, that is feels right. like that, a sitcom that, scene. Yeah, that's fair. Like, but, cue I the mean, laugh track. Could, this could be a sitcom. Like, this doesn't need to be a 90-minute movie. This could easily be an episode, which we've already discussed a handful of times. So, the Thunderous Wizard raises an interesting point here, and I'll quickly point out that the writers on this thing, one didn't do a whole... Well, there's three writers. One doesn't have a Wikipedia page. The other two have pretty different careers. One went on to write quite a bit of stuff, and the other... Didn't do a whole lot else. Excuse me, it's Wikipedia. Yeah, I was going to make that joke. But... <laughs> Wiki. Uh, so Wiki. What's wrong with Wikipedia? Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, thanks, Julian Assange. Okay, so uh, <laughs> one of the writers wrote, co-wrote hang on, this. Hang on. Listen, I'm glad we have McTeese here because he is 100% the Seth Rogen of the pod in that his laugh alone will elicit laughs. Well done, sir. It is Wikipedia, though. It's not Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Wikipedia? Wikipedia. No, 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 you had it. The first one was right there. Anyway, so, hey, one of the writers, uh, he did one more movie after this. He did 1994's Blank Check. And the Ooh, other nice. guy oh, no. uh, co-wrote That's a Twins. Good movie. Is it? Well, see, oh, Twins, Twins is a concept that they figured out how to make a 90-minute movie out of. Right, so I'm like, I'm like, well, wait a minute. There should have been. Twins are better movies than this movie. Yeah, very fair. So I guess that's a win. Okay, and then the director, who I didn't mention earlier because he's not really that well known, but he has done some pretty big Hollywood stuff. His name is Roger Spotswood, and he did, <laughs> yeah, he did Turner and Hooch. Sorry, I mean, for this Turner and Hooch is sit or my dog will shoot. <laughs> oh, stop or my dog will shoot. And then uh, he went on to direct uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which was okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. And The Sixth Day. Ouch. Six Days, not There's great. Arnold again. Not great. The, uh, Arnold, yes. the weird, Twins like, rubber baby in The Sixth Day is haunting. 
to say the least. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Well, all right, listeners, we need to grab another anvil before we return. So we'll see you on the flip side. Please apply that anvil directly to my goddamn face. All right, loyal listeners, welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. We have arrived at the competitive portion of our Stop or My Mom Will Shoot pod. It's time for our Stop or My Mom Will Shoot trivia challenge. Gentlemen, are you ready? I, I guess. Or I'm going to shoot myself. Yeah. What's the what's the chime in? I'm just assuming anything. Bob! <laughs> We're getting there. This is my uh, jelly. So of course, it's this. <laughs> what? This is my Joey here. Yeah, I'm going to chime in with Joey. Joey. This is my Joey. Here he is. Look at his butt. Joey. Oh, God. Uh, So tonight, guys, standard format, five questions, multiple choice. Gentlemen, tonight you are playing for a authentic LAPD badge. Please stay Stallone diaper. Please stay Stallone diaper. Uh, I I couldn't spring for the Stallone diaper. I could just get one of the screen-used badges from his tight-fit jeans. Captain Cash, I got you covered. I have several Stallone diapers. Thank God. Okay. However this shakes out, I think it's going to work. Okay. Now, I'm just saying if the price is right, I could probably swing you one of uh, Estelle Getty Lee's depends oh man <laughs> estelle getty lee by the way is the great 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 grandmother of estelle getty who fought not so triumphantly for the south in the civil war and i'm talking screen used man screen used the real deal okay Can you make uh, the questions please <clears throat> yeah and of course tonight's chime in phrase is come on ma can I also do Joey? Joey! I think I will also work. accept that. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Works. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, question number one. Which of these quotes about the movie did not come from Stallone? Oh, is boy. it A? <laughs> it is one of the worst films in the entire <laughs> solar system. Is it B? <laughs> running the movie once a week on government television has lowered the birth rate in China. C, a flatworm could have written a better script. Or D, the script would have been rejected as a Golden Girls episode for being too flimsy for a 30-minute sitcom. Come on, man. All right, Captain Cash. <laughs> Mostly because I, 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 D, because I, I don't think he's that clever. Yeah, no, that, that's correct. That yeah. actually came from Gene Siskel. You can't, the other uh, three were from Stallone. Dude, you can't shit on, a, on the best person in this movie's, like, fucking gravy train. <laughs> that can't be Stallone. <laughs> I just, Well, I think it's funny. You say Stallone's not that clever, but I thought the birth rate in China thing was pretty funny. I mean, listen, Stallone did write Rocky, so it's not like he's dumb. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Question number two, Captain Cash is in the lead, one to zero, zero. Which one of these MCU stars appeared on the Golden Girls spinoff, The Golden Palace? Come on, man. Oh, oh. shit. Listen, Captain Cash. Don Cheadle was explicitly on The Golden Girls. Yes, so my answer yeah. is going to be Don Cheadle. Th- that is correct. Yes, he Thank was you. on The Golden yeah. Girls. 
and he wow. gives an excellent speech about the significance of the Confederate flag to African Americans on that show. And I would suggest everyone YouTube that. Um, P.S. It's racist as we'll, fuck. We'll put it on the social. Uh, but it reaffirms the fact that everything Don Cheadle touches turns to gold. Din girls. Yes. Nice. nice. Golden showers? No. Nope. No. No. Only, no, in, no. only in the retirement uh, village. What, what's, what's your price? Because uh, I feel like we're just haggling at this stage. I'm just saying, if we don't get the PP tape after Trump's out of office, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, we're getting that tape. Okay. Well, we've now got a 2-0-0 to zero, zero lead. Captain Cash, well played. That brings us to question number three. One of the pictures of a young Joe that Tootie shows off in the film is an actual picture of Stallone as a child. The same photo has appeared in another Stallone movie. Which one is it? Oh, this is, is good. A, First Blood. Is it B, Escape to Victory? That's the soccer movie. Soccer movie, yeah. Is it C, Get Carter? Or D, Rocky? Uh, come on, Mom. Thunderous Wizard. I'm going First Blood. That is incorrect. <laughs> Captain on, Cash, man. Mayor McCheese, can you steal? McCheese? Come on, I'm going to go with C. Get Carter? Yes. That is also incorrect. Ah, okay. Captain Cash, it. you've got a choice to make. Listen, here. I, I deliberately played victory this. Or Rocky. All right. Escape to victory or Rocky. It's a coin toss. Come on, man. You chimed in. What's your answer? Come on, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe uh, I go to soccer movie. I go to soccer movie. It is not the soccer movie. Although oh, alone, Rocky all along, son of a bitch. How did bitch. you not go with Rocky? It, it is apparently it's a, a picture of Stallone in like striped pajamas that is displayed on a mantle or like a nightstand. I think in Rocky, whatever, doesn't matter. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, fun big, fact I about Escape. That's fine. Yeah. No, fun fact about Escape to Victory, though. Apparently, in that movie, Stallone breaks a finger blocking a kick from Pele. From Pele. He oh. said, I can't kick this as hard as I can kick it. He's like, well, bullshit. Of course you can. And he broke every finger in his hand, basically. Because <laughs> <laughs> Stallone's the goalie and... in Victory. Between this and Over the Top, what we established is Sly is a great actor and writer. No, hold on. What we established is Sly will do anything for money. <laughs> Including softcore porno, but whatever. Yeah, so at the end of the day, are we establishing that, that Sly is a whore? Not that I'm yeah. against that. And isn't Escape to Victory a Holocaust movie? Or oh, just, no. They're just random oh, concentration Lord. camp. They're German prisoners of war, and they escape oh. at halftime. But they're not in a concentration camp. But oh, I they, mean, it is but it's World War II. Yeah. So okay, yeah. but so I mean, they're all well fed because it's Stallone and Pele, who's not hurting for calories at that point in his career. So, Yowzers. Okay, well, it's still two to zero. Captain Cash is in the lead. Well, two to zero to zero. We're now to question number four. Lock Stop. it out, baby. Oh yeah, stop or my mom will shoot was not Stallone's biggest flop in the 90s. Which of these movies was? Was it A, Oscar, 
B, Daylight, C, Copland, or D, Assassins? Hey, Mama. Captain Cash. Assassin. That is incorrect. Hey, Mom. Congress Wizard. It's, uh, it's Oscar. That is correct. Oscar Damn, pulled in a yeah. meager $23.5 million. That was his lowest grossing movie of the 90s. And you know what the worst part is? I can't even read. (laughs) I I, I was doing... Wait, is that Billy Madison? It's Wayne's World. He he does like the monologue from Oscar in Wayne's World. Oh, my God. When he's trying to get Cassandra back. I did not know where that came from, so I learned something today. I'm not going to lie. I can't get the beer. I was doing Ballistic X versus Sever. Yeah. And I'm realizing you know, you know what, McCheese? Was... I'm going to have to do it now. Hold on. Forget the question number five. There we go. Another anvil for me. Okay. Yeah, you got to you got to get the beer in you. You got to get the beer in you to do you these questions. You. Okay, so so we've got a game here, folks. It's two to one to zero, with one question left to go. Thunderous Wizard, if you get this, you would in fact tie it up. And I don't All have right. a tiebreaker because I don't give a shit about this movie. So I'm sorry. Okay, question number five. Which of these movies did Stallone co-produce in addition to co-writing? Which of these movies did Stallone co-produce in addition to co-writing? Yeah, hey, hey. stop or my all shit. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay, Captain Cash is, uh, or I'm sorry, Thunderous Wizard, you are disqualified. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, okay. let him so, play. One more time. I don't. I don't want to screw this let up. Let him play. Which of these movies did Stallone co-produce? In addition to co-writing, was it A, Rocky, B, Staying Alive, C, Cobra, D, Oscar, or E, Tango and Cash? I'm going to have to give that to Mayor McCheese. Cobra. That is incorrect. Damn, I really wanted to be Cobra. Captain Cash, Thunderous Wizard. It's Rocky. That is incorrect. You didn't chime in, but I'm going to disqualify you because he did not co-produce that. Oh, yeah. I figured he, he wrote it. He yeah. didn't co-produce shit. So, so it's Tango and Cash. Captain and Cash. Captain and Cash. Ca- Captain, and Captain Cash. And Tango Cash. and Cash. I, Whatever. Like Captain, Captain Cash. Cash. Here are your. Rem- it's Tango and Captain. Tango Cash. and Captain Cash. So Captain Cash. Here are your remaining answers, <laughs> and obviously to cement the win. Um, you've got Staying Alive or Oscar. I mean, Which of those movies did Stallone co-produce in addition to co-writing? So regardless if I'm right or not, I still win because I've got two Correct. to the Thunderstars. It's one. And Staying Alive was not a film either starring uh, Sylvester Stallone and presumably nor written by him. So, as it does not pertain to the question, I will add that he makes a cameo in that movie. He does, oh. yes. Yeah. I mean, in that case, I'm going to say, ha, 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 stand He, in fact, acted as a producer on that. So he put, he put money up for staying alive. I mean, paid back, presumably, right? No. No. Oh, no. No. My bad. Oh, no. Coincidentally, that was actually the working title for Stopper My Mom Will Shoot 2, where the first old age guy has a heart attack with the bad Viagra. And then you Get do the 
while yeah, boning yeah, so yeah, yeah, he, yeah you know yeah, so yeah, staying yeah. alive they're trying to revive yeah, yeah. him they realize he's taking some some bad viagra god okay well so congratulations captain cash you have won the stop or my mom will shoot trivia challenge you. you are the thank winner you. thank you i'll get that badge in the mail asap and thankfully folks that brings us to the end of this pod I am sorry. This was my movie, and I, Chumpzilla, apologize to all four or five of you listeners, which includes us, because I listen to the pod, because I need something to keep my mind occupied while I run around the block endlessly trying to stay in shape in the middle of the pandemic. But whatever. It doesn't Shit, you matter. listen to the pod? I should listen to the pod. I, I mean, I try. I downloaded them on multiple devices just to pump the numbers up. I assume that's how that works. I don't know. But anyway, that brings us to recommendations. Um, I'm going to start off because I'm selfish and I like to start things, so I'll do it. Um, I made a joke earlier about Arnold being a troll and tricking Sly into doing this movie. And I made an allusion to him kind of giving Lou Ferrigno a hard time. And if you're not familiar, folks, that comes from, uh, I think it's a 1977 movie, Pumping Iron. It's a quasi-documentary and it's basically like the first big exposure Arnold got to like cinema audiences here in the United States. And it directly led to him getting the role in uh, Conan, the barbarian. Hold on. Hold uh, on. Thunderous wizard. Are you not going to chime in on pumping iron? Pumping up when you're pumping iron. That's the theme. Yeah, so song. well, that, that that's was, not, that yeah. is not what I thought you would. No, but well, there's things I, I could say, but <laughs> Yes. No, just save them. Listen to me is like bombing. <laughs> this was a movie I was not aware of. And again, it's it's sort of a documentary. It's kind of like, it might actually be one of the first examples of what I would call modern reality TV. It's kind I, of like it, keeping up with the Kardashians, but with Arnold. It's a for sure watch. Like, if, yeah. you, like, if you like any of what we've been talking about for the last month, it's a for sure watch just to see like how Arnold was at the beginning of Arnold. It's a it's great. And I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna yeah, leave it at that. It, 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 it's not pure documentary. There's a little bit of showmanship involved oh, here. It's yeah. There's a lot of showmanship, but that I guess I suppose is uh, bodybuilding, anyways. But it's a must watch. You'll completely understand why Arnold went on to become a huge star. You get to watch him smoke pot while wearing a shirt that says Arnold is numero uno. And you get yep. the famous scene where he just totally harasses and psychs out Lou Ferrigno at brunch. Yep. Oh, also, Lou Ferrigno's dad is super weird. No offense, Lou, but he is super in this movie. Weird. So. Super weird. <laughs> so are we doing this movie on the pod? Or? <laughs> I, I think it made too much money. Well, I, I don't think it's technically a flop, yeah. I don't actually think it's a movie. I think it's a workout documentary. But no, it's a documentary because basically at the time, you know, Arnold and these guys were all these like fringe weirdo bodybuilders. It wasn't mainstream. It wasn't like a normal thing. But we they were such that in. we could work that into the pod. That's all. But I'm they saying. were such big characters. These guys saw a market for it. And, but yeah, this is basically the 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 first proto star vehicle for Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my recommendation. Check it out. It, that kind of explains the mentality that leads us to getting. Sly psyched out and making stop or my mom will shoot. My recommendation is very simple. It is the much superior uh, mix matched uh, buddy cop 
movie. It Theodore is, Rex. No, it is Tango and Cash, starring Kurt yeah. Russell, the greatest man who ever lived, and Sly Stallone. It is over All the top. Man it's lived. it's literally eighty five percent one liners. It's a great movie. It's, it's incredible. You, uh, you get plenty it, of it, Kurt Russell and Stallone butt, and. <laughs> It's it, it's fully endorsed by the pod. That's all you need yeah, to know. It's an amazing movie. It didn't do well, and I hope to one day do it on this pod because, gosh, it is just a masterpiece. Stallone's butt or just your your feelings about it? Stallone's yes. butt, like Lou Ferrigno's biceps, were carved out of Michelangelo, Louis. Well, and I'd just like to point out, too, back to Pumping Iron, Lou Ferrigno is so much bigger than Arnold in that movie. There was actually a controversy at the point, uh, or that point in time, as to whether or not Lou should have beat Arnold for Mr. Universe. He was gigantic. And it's not carved out of Michelangelo. It was car- carved like by granite. Michelangelo. But, yeah, I don't, uh, but, no, but, but, I mean, just for the listeners, for the record, I think Arnold's six foot one and Frigno's like, what, six four? Yeah, he's bigger. He's yeah. definitely yeah, a bigger I, guy. He's just got a bigger frame, but Arnold was a big name at the time. So that actually was kind of a controversy that Arnold was still going to win that. And, uh, you know, frig no, Hey, only one of them got to be the, the incredible Hulk. So Mr. Cash. Uh, uh, so it's captain, captain cash, Mr. Captain cash, Mr. Captain cash. I'll accept that. Um, my, my recommendation this week is to watch the last, 10 minutes of Avengers, but not the regular last 10 minutes of Avengers Endgame. Specifically, I mean the part where you get to listen to the audience reaction. Uh, I have been living for hearing the audience just freak the fuck out at Cap lifting Mjolnir and all the fucking people showing up in the portal scene and someone shouting, Avengers, assemble. Watch that. It is incredibly cathartic. Gosh, you are a shill, aren't you? <laughs> Listen. So let the record I, I show that care. Captain Cash's recommendation is just watch the ending of one of the biggest movies yeah, of all watch time. Watch the ending yeah. to the movie that everybody has seen. <laughs> Very specifically, don't just throw it up on Disney+. Plus. Google search Avengers Endgame reaction and absorb the feelings of hundreds of people watching this play out for the first time. He wants you to see someone else reacting to the, no, 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 the I, movie that he not, has seen. This is not a real thinking. Twitch thing. Are you like a super millennial now? You want to watch somebody else do something? Just, no, no, no. Just listen to everybody else freaking out yeah. about all of that and feel that energy again. And well, my, you could just, you know you what? Just I'm going to step in here and realize how much you liked it. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe watch the people dancing in the streets of Philadelphia, which is way more cathartic than yeah. a series of fictional characters beating up a fictional bad guy. Let's just hold off and, and hopefully we can all celebrate the calm. Real life version and, of that. Yes. <laughs> well, no, but just the calm and systematic transfer of power that any healthy democracy should have. And hopefully we can celebrate that and feel the same energy when that happens. And folks, I think this draws our stop or my mom will shoot. No, Jesus oh, well, Christ, I had to say it again. Podcast. No, McCheese has to. McCheese has the thing. 
Uh, also. Oh my God. Hold on. All right, I'll try uh, it again. <laughs> hold on. You you come back to that. I'll start. I'm just I'm just messing with you, Captain Cash. I shouldn't I shouldn't be so so mean. It is it is good to experience good emotions, especially at a time like this. Go ahead, McCheese. I hope you are recommending the ecstasy out of the unmarked van in the parking lot of Del Boca Vista because I heard it is excellent. As Listen. good as the Viagra? Yeah. Uh, it's dynamite okay. hack, man. Wait, Probably not. Is it, is it the same thing in a single pill? Holy shit. Listen, I will sell all these drugs and guns as I see fit. Do not fuck with me. Listen, uh, no. just give me some gummies. I need some gummies. I got to work my jaw. You settled down. Um, so my... Um, my recommendation is going to be after recent conversations to watch the social dilemma. It is not an easy movie. It, it, um, it kind of throws it back in your face, especially if you have kids and they are on social media and how fucked up that really is for people of our age. Watch it just so you kind of get a feel for what is in store and what you have to deal with. Cause I've watched it and uh, uh, it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, it, it should be, it should have been in our Halloween movies, but this falls into more of a category of like, if you're a parents, if you're a parent that has children, especially daughters, eh, it's, eh, it's tough. Yeah. Oh. Remember when Al Gore made an inconvenient truth about climate change? Everyone's like, Oh, that seems like it sucks. This is an inconvenient truth. It's in almost all of our lives, and it's polluting many, many people you know, and it's dangerous, unregulated, and basically awful. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, Thunder. On that sad note, let's end this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we're almost there. What do we have to look forward to on our next installment of the... Tango and Captain Cash series. Okay, so Tango and Captain Cash rolls on with drum roll. <laughs> Judge Dread. Somebody take this helmet off of me. I can barely talk, but I am the law. Well, he does I take like, the helmet off. Yeah. I like does. to think of it as the prequel. Uh, or maybe multiple thousands of years in the future sequel to uh, Demolition Man. But uh, yeah, I'll be leading that pod. I'm really excited for it. It is a dumb fucking movie. Yeah, it's actually yeah, the sequel to, to this, Dread. This this goes this goes to the opposite direction of what we just watched. This is a dumb fun movie where you could definitely watch this several times with your friends while drinking beer. So I'm excited. It is if the only for Amanda Sante's delivery. Oh my god. Yeah. He... Take this Rob sample. Schneider's in it. Rob Schneider's yeah. in it. <laughs> it is actually the idiocracy sequel to Dread, the just much, much better film with Carl Carl Perfect. Listen, listen, please don't don't rob my recommendation for next week, which the obvious recommendation is watch Carl Urban's Dread, which is a great Judge Dread. I think people no, will enjoy I, Judge Dread, though. I do. I, I think I think there's a weird dichotomy between the two Dread movies. Like they both get different parts of the character right, but they don't both get them 100 percent right. Well, Stallone I nails. I am the law. But I am looking forward oh, to this movie because I I do think the character of Judge Dread is quite interesting because it's basically a British 
interpretation of authoritarianism in the U.S. So there, yes. it's a really interesting character, and it's interesting to see how it's put on film. But yeah, again, I think it's something that that doesn't get done perfectly in either movie. But whatever, I'm looking forward to it. So with that being said, folks, uh, that does now bring us to the end of our stop or my mom will shoot pod. <sighs> Fuck. Okay. I mean, the um, short version is. Don't stop. Let my mom shoot you. It would yeah, be better just for all of us. Or just fuck, don't mom. Just end it. You know, just just put the barrel in my mouth and just make it all stop. No, that's super down. Anyways, remember. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> anyway, you can follow the pod on social, but I really don't care. Um, for the outro, I didn't really prepare anything. I got nothing. Um, cheers to the longest Tuesday ever. See you folks next week. Stay safe. Take care. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Man.